0: You are listening to LEC Online Church, a ministry of Lake Erie Church in Madison, Ohio. We are a multicultural, multi-generational Pentecostal church. For more information, please visit our website at lakeeriechurch.com. Now, we hope you enjoy today's message. Open your Bible, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 5. And then stand back up one more time. I'm sorry I had you sit down, but stand back up for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Now, let's just stop a second. I meant to do this before. We're in the middle of that story we preached about last week where Jairus, the the religious ruler, comes to Jesus and says, Go to my house. My daughter is dying. And Jesus said he's going to go. And then this woman shows up in verse 25. So they're in this crowd. They're moving toward Jairus' house. Verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered... For 12 years with constant bleeding, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. Over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Verse 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched But he kept looking around to see who had done it verse 33 then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell at to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is over You may be seated. We're continuing the series of messages in which we're talking about these intersections, if you please, where Jesus meets us in the times and places where we really need him. When we get to places where we really, really need Jesus, he's always there. He's always there ahead of us. He's always there in a place to help us so that we will be able to navigate the difficult places. We talked about He meets us in a storm. We talked about the fact last week that He meets us in delay. The week before that, we talked about He meets us in the middle of our fight when we are fighting to survive. He meets us there. Today we're going to talk about the fact that He meets us in our secrets he meets us in our secrets you ever had anybody come up to you and say hey I'm gonna tell you a secret you want to know a secret you know there's there's something empowering about knowing what somebody else doesn't know until it's your secret and you're scared to death Somebody's going to find out what you don't want anybody else to know. Our secrets are interesting because we worry about them. If we're honest, we worry that if our secrets were known that we would be embarrassed. We might be fired. We might be divorced. We might get arrested. We might be alone. You just fill in the blank with whatever that feeling or emotion is that we we sometimes get terrified that if somebody actually knew our secret, we'd be in trouble. And so we pray. We, we try to bury the secret and just pray that nobody ever finds out what we're trying to hide, so hard to hide. Your secrets may represent hurts from the pain suffered at the hands of another person. Even if it was unintentional, it was still painful. It may represent the failures of your past, which were never resolved in your heart. Your secret may be a relationship that you now know that you should have never gotten into in the first place. Your secret may be about a decision that you once made to fit in And the shame that you now feel about what what you eventually did. One thing is very clear. That our secrets define us. They mark our spirits. We are in many ways defined by the things that we don't tell. That we won't share. Because these secrets define who we are. The woman in this passage of scripture knows exactly how you feel. For 12 years she has carried a secret that no one could know. The nature of her secret has kept her in the shadows. Living a secret life without the joy of relationships with other people. The kind of relationships that might have brought her joy. In the eyes of the world, culturally, she's an outcast. She's unwanted. She's dismissed. Until the day that Jesus took care of her secret I've got good news and bad news this morning which do you want first you negative pessimistic people want the bad news first here's the bad news Jesus already knows your secret It's the bad news because while you're hiding your secret from everybody else, Jesus already knows. Hebrews chapter 4, it'll be on the screen for you. The Bible said, The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joints and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Then notice what it says in 13. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from... From God. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. Now, the Israeli government may not know where those hostages are, but God does. He knows where they are because everything in all of creation is hidden from God. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus already knows your secret. He already knows your secret. It was a trick question, wasn't it? And because he knows your secret, it is an opportunity for you to overcome every hidden thing that you've been, that's been holding you back. Every un- unrepented sin, every failure that has haunted you still today. Because He knows your secret, you can recover from every broken promise that has wounded your spirit, every hurt, every pain that has been inflicted on you by another person. Because He already knows. And I continue to be amazed week after week. Someone here in the church reached out to me this week to talk about last Sunday's message and the impact it had on them. And the thing that I continue to be amazed is that God knows that you're here and God knows what he's talking to me about and God's at work in you and me in the very same place. I've been doing this for a long time. And I never cease to be amazed. While I may not know a whole lot about the deep, dark secrets of your life or about the greater needs of your life, a lot of times people will say to me, I believe that message was just for me. Now, how does that happen? It doesn't happen because I'm smart. It doesn't happen because I'm experienced or slick. It happens because the Holy Spirit knows where you are and He knows how to appropriate the Word of God to the particular situation that you may be going through. So I want to offer you three things about this woman that can apply to your own life and especially to those sitting here listening to me, watching me right now, who may be carrying a secret... That is preventing you from living the life that God wants you to live. Here's the first one. Sometimes you do all that you can. Though we are never told this woman's name, we actually know a great deal about this woman, don't we? We know a lot about the 12 years that she has spent. In part, I suppose, because once God healed her, She told everybody about her story. What she had been keeping secret all this time came bubbling out. Every time everybody said, well, what is your story? Can I just tell you my story? Because she had something to tell. She was excited about that. And I'm sure that all the people that were in that crowd that day who heard her testimony probably told their story themselves. At least I know I would. I would have told somebody, you're not going to believe what happened over there with Jesus today and told that story. And so we know a lot about this woman from what she probably told everybody in her story. What do we know about her? Well, she's had this sickness for 12 years. Now, 12 years may not sound like a long time until you're living through it. How, in fact, how long is 12 years? 4,838 days. That's a long time. 12 years she had this disease, had this problem, and and she's, she's struggling with it, living with it, trying to navigate it, trying to carry on with her life, unable to tell anybody about what's going on. But the Bible says more. Not only was she 12 years with it, but the Bible said she suffered much At the hands of many doctors like some of you she's gone from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor every doctor had had one of those perhaps moments I think I can help you it'll cost you this much money but I think I can help you and she put her hope and her expectation in the fact that this doctor was going to have something that was going to help her but the Bible said she suffered much at the hands of many doctors. But it tells us something else. It said that she spent everything that she had. She bankrupt herself trying to get better from the secret that she couldn't tell anybody about. How much money would you be willing to spend to get better? You ever heard anybody say, you know, I went to the doctor the other day, I've got this problem. He says he can help me, but I ain't paying that. Nobody ever does that. Nobody ever thinks about the money side. If you you needed a miracle, if you need something, you've got a problem, you've got a disease, you've got cancer, you've got something. The money is inconsequential. Whatever it takes. I remember when my mother was Ill. And my dad and I were having a discussion and he was crying and talking to me. He said, son, listen, I'll empty out every dime in my bank account if it'll save your mother's life. It's exactly what Job said, what the devil said about Job when he said a man would give everything he owns to save his life. This is the way this woman lived. She did everything that she could She tried everything that she knew. And then the Bible finishes by saying she only got worse. So comes despair, frustration, disappointment. I've done everything I know to do. I've done everything that I know and I cannot get better. Some of you listening to me today, you're struggling with a an addiction or a habit or something in your life and you've tried everything that you know but you can't fix it. You've tried to stop it. You've tried on your own. You have the best of intentions. And you've done everything. You've tried it all and you can't do it. Can I just remind you, there is one who is able to fix the problem that you could never fix by yourself. And he already knows your secret. He already knows why you're working so hard. I see it. You see it all the time. People work so hard trying to fix themselves, trying to make it right, trying to climb out of the mistake or the problem or the difficulty. But sometimes you do everything you know to do and you can't fix it. You've just got to get to Jesus. Because in Jesus, there is one who can fix your problem. Here's the second thing about this woman. Sometimes other people cannot help you. Sometimes it's not about other people helping you. You know, we'll talk in a couple weeks about the man who's by the pool. Jesus says to him, do you want to be well? He said, well, of course I do, but I don't have nobody to help me. Nobody will help me. They're helping other people but they're not helping me. And a lot of times when you're living with your secret you tend to live by yourself. Some of you sitting here this morning you're sitting among hundreds of people and you've never felt more alone than you do right now. Because you've got a secret that you can't tell anybody about. You're not able to be yourself. You're not able to really live an unrestrained kind of life. Because you're protecting. Because you don't want anybody to know how messed up you really are. How troubled you really are. How difficult your life really is. You would never want anyone to know what it's like at your house. What it's like in the dark places of your life. And so as a result, you live by yourself. You live alone. You don't let anybody in. And you convince yourself that nobody cares. You see, this woman's problem is physical, but her needs are far more than physical. According to the law, she's an outcast. She can't go to a birthday party. She cannot go... To a family reunion. She can't hang out with her mother. She can't go to the mall. So she lives alone. She has no relationships. And I don't know how much experience you have with being alone. I was reading some data just the other day about loneliness. Do you know that loneliness is one of those stressful things you can do to yourself? Live alone. That's why I worry sometimes about the widows in our church. When you live alone, you're more susceptible to the kind of emotional kind of issues that happen, the despairs and the things that take place when you live by yourself. When you live alone, loneliness is a very difficult thing to accommodate. That's what this woman is doing. She's living alone. Even though there are hundreds of people around her, the toughest battle of life are the ones that you fight by yourself. When in fact there's plenty of available help if you just let somebody help you. The stigma of her uncleanness is public. The rules of her society define her as somebody who is not normal. The secret that she carries allows other people to define who she is. She can't be who she wants to be as long as she lives in the shadows. As long as she lives with her secret in the shadows, she will never be who God created her to be. Some of her pain is self-inflicted. It's it's the assumptions that we make. Have you ever noticed that? When we are alone, how easy the enemy is in our head to create these assumptions about the way people think. I'm going to give you something that's very valuable, so pay attention right now. Just kind of sit up tight in your seat and listen. This is so important. I don't want you to miss it. Nobody's thinking about you. But yet you tell yourself that people are thinking about you all the time. No, they're not. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. But the enemy tells you are. The enemy tells you just because somebody doesn't speak to you today, it's because they're mad at you. Or just because somebody's not doing something, and you let your mind go that way. It's a self-inflicted assumption that she's under. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. Nobody believes in me. And you know what happens in that environment if you're not careful? You start believing what you think other people think about you. The people over there must think I'm crazy, so maybe I am crazy. There's a lot of hurting people in this world, folks. And let me just stop right here. Let's drive a pin. In the story, just for a moment, let me talk to you as a pastor. There is a responsibility that you and I have in this world not to pass people by too quickly. I want you to take a moment and do this. I want you to look at all the people sitting in the, seat, the section where you're sitting. Just turn around and look at the people that are sitting in the section where you are. Isn't that a good-looking crowd where you're sitting at? Some of the best-looking people you ever saw in your life sit in the same section with you every week. We have a responsibility as a church We have a responsibility to care about people who pass our way who have needs. I thought about this a good bit the last couple of weeks. That you and I are passing people every day in our life who are broken. People who pass our way every day and they won't tell us. They won't tell you that they're broken. They won't tell you that they're afraid. They won't tell you that they're lonely. They won't tell you that they're sad because they have a secret. But every day you and I are passing people who are hiding and hurting. You may very well be sitting by someone today who needs a friend. Somebody who needs somebody to care about where they are. This is where, this is where spiritual sensitivity is so valuable. I, I'll, I'll say more about this in a few weeks, but, but I pray four prayers pretty much every day, almost every day. Lord, lead me to somebody today that needs you. Lord, help me to be sensitive to what's going on around me. Help me to pray with talk about Jesus to people that I meet and help me to pray with people in the moment if there's the opportunity. I try to pray those prayers every week. It's this idea of being sensitive to what's going on around you, what's going on at your job, what's going on in your school, what's taking place in the neighborhood, what happens even in the house of God. Being sensitive to what God is doing There's a reason why somebody may be sitting by you today. There may be a divine reason why you met somebody today for the very first time. Because God is at work. And he's at work through each of us. And we have a responsibility. I stepped out of the office one day. And uh, as I was stepping out of the office, the man that brings the mail was driving up. It wasn't here. They brought the mail into our building. And so the guy was pulling up as I was walking out. And he had a big bundle of mail for the office. And I said, I'll take that. He said, you, uh, you work in the office there? I said, I do. And I said, I want to thank you for bringing the mail. He went, huh? I said, I want to thank you for bringing our mail. He said, I'm not understanding. I said, well, if you didn't bring the mail to us, we would have to go down to the post office and get the mail. So thank you for bringing the mail. He was like, oh, okay. And I turned around and I started back up the steps. And when I did, he tapped me on the shoulder. And I turned around and by now his eyes just filled up with tears. And he said, man, would you pray for me? He said, I got so much mess going on in my life. And I didn't know I was going to meet you today. But would you pray with me? Absolutely. I prayed with him right there on the street. Right in that spot. It's about just being sensitive to whatever it is that God is doing. Because the world is full of hurting people, needy people. People that will never tell you because they're afraid. They don't know how you're going to receive them. They don't know how you're going to act around them. And so for that reason, they won't tell you that they're hurting. God has strategically placed some of you in those places where you could be that voice. You could be the hands of the Lord extended. People who have secrets who need to find Jesus because Jesus is the only one that can set them free from what's bothering them. So let's finish the story. The Bible says that this woman activates an incredible faith, doesn't she? The Bible told us in in, uh, verse 27, said she had heard about Jesus And she said, if I can just touch his robe, I'm going to be healed. That's a bold faith. I don't have to have him lay hands on me. I don't have to, you know, all I got to do is just touch his robe. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, one translator said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. So she makes her way into the crowd. There's this massive crowd, Mark says, that's around Jesus. Guess what? The Bible said she presses her way through to where Jesus is. You know, it would have been easy to go, well, this is not a good day to find Jesus. as so many people. I'll just come back another day. There may not be another day. You hear what I'm saying? There may not be another day. If God is touching your heart today, today is the day of salvation. If God is moving in your spirit today, today is the day to pray. If God's doing something in you, right now is the time to respond when the Holy Spirit is touching. She said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to touch him. And she just kind of makes her way through the crowd. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. And I'm sure everybody around there was like, who are you? Who are you? You're not entitled to my space, but she just kept pressing her way through until she saw him, and she just reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. You know what the Bible said? Immediately. Immediately she was healed. Immediately. So let me, let me end this by telling you this. Two things happened there. Number one, when she touched Jesus, she knew it. She knew it. She didn't have to have anybody tell her that she was healed. She didn't have to have anybody explain it to her. She knew, the Bible said, she knew in her body that she was healed in that very same moment. When you touch Jesus, you'll know it. When you touch him, you'll know it. You don't have to have anybody explain it. When you touch Jesus, when his presence touches you, you make that connection, you'll know it. Second thing. When she touched Jesus, he knew it. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this room. You listen to me. I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. Somebody in this room or somebody watching me online or somebody listening to this podcast. Can I just tell you this? He knew where you were before you ever started listening to me. He knew what was going on in your life. He wanted you to hear this because the moment that you touch him, he knows it. He knows it. The Bible said that he perceived that healing power had come out of him. He knew in that moment what happened is her faith Touch the Savior. And the Bible said that if you believe all things are possible to him that believed. And when she touched him, he knew it. That's why he said, who touched me? He wasn't talking about somebody jostling him or bumping into him. He was talking about somebody who seriously had touched him with their faith and said, God, I'm not going home the same way that I came. I'm not going to be the woman that I was before I walked up in this crowd. I'm going to touch you. I'm going to make a connection with you and my life is forever going to be changed. The Bible tells me All things are possible to him that believes. In fact, not only, that's the alarm telling me my preaching time is up right there. Here's here's what I need you to understand. They came to Jesus one time and Jesus was talking about, he said, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And they said, well, Lord, who can go to heaven then? He said, with men, this shall be impossible. But with God, what? What? When the angel came to Mary, I feel the holy presence of God. Hushamamasa-tadadabayanda. When the angel came to Mary and she said, How will this be? I don't even know a man. He said, With men, this shall be impossible, but not with God. The Spirit of the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you're going to conceive. The point I'm making is it doesn't matter what your secret is, it doesn't matter how long you've carried it, it doesn't matter what people told you about it, it doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. With God, all things are possible. Anything that you believe is possible. So here's the question. What's your anything? What's your anything? What's your anything this morning? If anything is possible, what's your anything? You got a burden you've been carrying. You got a load that you've been under you got a crisis you've been trying to manage on your own. you got a weight that you've been trying to navigate in your own strength and power because you're a good person. And you felt like you could do it on your own, but you now realize you can't. He's passing by. And if you touch him, you're not going to be the same. You're not going to be the same God is talking to somebody in this room right now. I tell you, by the Holy Spirit, God is at work in somebody's life right now. You may say to me, Pastor, you don't understand. I I just can't afford to go public. It's okay. I don't need to know your secret. I don't need to know what's going on with you. He already knows your secret. And he's passing by. All you got to do is touch him. All you got to do is touch him. We hope you were blessed by today's message. Now we invite you to visit one of our services soon. For more information, please visit us at LakeErieChurch.com.